Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. News team, assemble! Bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, welcome back. It is the unofficial 40 podcast from Soonerscoop.com as uh, we uh, are ready for some college football recruiting. Uh, it is Josh McQuistian's time to shine once again this time of year. Uh, this is a special owners meeting of uh, the Unofficial Forty podcast. The start, uh, we'll hear from uh, George Stoya and Bob Presbillo coming up here in just a little bit. Talk about softball. They're going to be out Saturday uh, covering Oklahoma's second round game. Uh, and him some trouble over there, Eddie. I was just turning my headphones okay. up. Uh, so I was just uh, I think I got everything technically set up. So no, we're me good. A little bit. We're okay. good. Uh, so yeah, it's it's Josh, it's Carrie, it's Eddie. The official owners group of Soonerscoop.com. Do we have well, to take one of those like group pictures, like the uh, owners meetings, the NFL? Do we have to do anything like that? Or like, we... yeah, I mean, you have lots of weird. I mean, you are wearing the same pretty much shirt. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a different it's, color. Yep, different color. Yeah, no, I have these in like six colors. So <laughs> I am I am super simple when I, if I have to wear a button up. Sweat through those if we were out at camp today. Although I guess you were out at Bixby, so that mm-hmm. you you definitely were outside. You've been outside a lot over the uh, the last 48 72 hours. Maybe yeah. even extended into the last 2 weeks. There's As a good chance of misery tomorrow. The spring for season camp. has Just been uh, humidity busy. And, oh, it, it it I feel like tomorrow's the day. We've been pretty lucky so far. I've I've talked to coaches and I mean it was this way in Houston while I was going around to practices down there. I've been really lucky. I haven't had that 97-degree, just melt-your-face kind of day yet. So, it's got to happen. I mean, we've got four more opportunities. So, at some point, Eddie and I are going to get screwed here. This is going to happen. But, um, no, like, Breeze has been good. There's been some cloud There was a cover. point during the one-on-ones yesterday over mm-hmm. at the OU football camp that I was like, it's really pleasant out here. Like, the cloud cover had come over. It kind of got almost, like, not cool, but it was just very pleasant outside. Uh, you know, and last night at Westmore, I mean, there was rain, you know, that kind of cooled it off. I mean, obviously, I know a lot of the uh, people that are waiting for Bob and uh, Bob and George saw it with the softball. We were dealing with the same stuff at the camp. There was kind of some delays, but it cooled off and it kept the weather really nice. So it was it was I, I can live with all that. I know yeah. everybody hates the rain, but as a guy that has to stand out there in it sometimes for eight hours, that's not bad. As long as it's not like that soupy feel where you have to go back out after it rains. That's when it's terrible. Well, and again, and that's part of it is you live in Houston as long as I now have. Like, yeah, that's just normal for you. It's it's just you don't. E- I don't even notice that anymore. And I remember the first year I lived down there, I'd be outside mowing the yard and going through like four bottles of water, trying not to die out there. And now you're just desensitized. Uh, Josh, I wonder if we should have uh, like, do we need to have like preparatory meetings for Eddie uh, in you know things that he's going to experience like. 
things that I'm going to do to drive him insane like I do with you in, in, in terms of like expense reports and things like that? Um, yeah, there probably should be some sort of boot camp. Like there, there's going to have to be some explanations of like, this is the way it gets done. But I mean, Eddie's worked with you a long time. Like I well, learned. Well, he's the problem. You're the problem. Wild. He's not the problem. <laughs> You're the problem. Because Eddie, now as an owner, you get, you get kind of some say in this, I would say. Mm-hmm. Actually, he doesn't have the owner. He doesn't have uh, decision-making abilities. He's just an owner. Um, <laughs> so, Eddie, you are fantastic about like not turning in like all kinds of expenses. Like, you never asked like Mm-mm. you have anything to turn in. You're like, nah. No, I don't really I have to, anything. I drove to Dallas last week, you know, and I kind of look at it like, this way. Like, I'd already be doing that anyways. Yeah. So it, it doesn't really. It's the same thing with like food. I'd uh-oh. I'd be eating. Oh, I. Uh oh. I would turn in every bit of food I eat. Yeah. There's no question. See, I that's probably the thing, and that's, should. No, no, don't. Here's I'm worried the about the bottom line. You're, yeah, you're an, well, you're an owner now. Uh, these are the things you have to worry about. I so, would prefer that George and Bob don't eat. So I would say probably for a good five years, Josh started turning in like food mm-hmm. and, and his expense reports, and I just let it go. I was like, you know, yeah. it's fine. But here's the thing, like, and I finally asked him. This was my way of passively aggressively. <laughs> it was so passive aggressive. I said. So when you're working, uh, it, when you're not working, are you eating food? And, and, Generally. Yeah, and you're like, yes. Yeah. I said, well, so if you weren't on this trip right now, you would be eating food. Yes. I. But you're, you're charging yourself for the food, basically. I. That but, you would I be mean, eating anyway. The thing is, like. And don't give me this, well, if I'm at home, I can eat so much cheaper. You and, can. You can. You can, but I bet you don't. Not no, anymore. We, not, I, in, not in. Not in. That guy's economy. <laughs> Not my economy. Uh, no, I, I mean, we eat at home four or five nights a week. Like, we don't eat out a lot. Um, basically, because, again, you guys go out and you pay for your food and your drink. Sure. And, it, I mean, even it's if you have a couple beers. Four. Yeah. I Like, I've got Sprites and lemonades and, you know, like, everybody's order. Like, if I get out of a restaurant for less than $100, I've done great. Like, hmm. that's a win. I at home, I feed the girls some fruit. I feed them a you know a thing of Kraft mac and cheese, or I mean, like I can feed them for three dollars out of my pocket. I to went be fair, through. same same for me though. A hundred bucks, you can get in in and out of mahogany very easily oh, for a hundred dollars. Oh, now you want to go that route? Absolutely. I, I mean, again, because uh, also it's not just them. Tiffany, Tiffany is like if she goes out and has dinner, she wants to have a drink. Sure, like she's gonna have a drink. I I don't always feel that way. Yeah. I, mean, I I usually don't like to drink much when I eat. Um, that's not just the way I do it. But um, you don't want to have any food in your stomach, so you can no, no, her? that definitely needs to happen. Um, but I just mean like I don't because I drink whiskey. Like whiskey with a hamburger is not a great taste. Like yeah. that's that's not not a great do pairing. It for you. Yeah, so I don't usually do that until like I eat and then I'll drink and that's fine. Um. But Tiffany is going to go, and she's going to order the most frou-frou shit you've ever seen, and it's going to be eighteen dollars. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Like it's going to be a margarita, or it's going to be their special champagne right. drink, you know. And it, so it's it's always going to be pricey. And again, it's not her fault because whatever. But that is that's why we eat at home a lot, and that's why I have a lot of whiskey at home because it's free as shit at home. Like that that stuff I've already paid for. I'm done with it. I, I I mean I you know me I I'm really I'm I'm happy to pay the expense I'm happy for you to travel because we sure. get great content out of it uh, and I'm happy that you don't come in here and be like what's this what did we buy that for what's this no I don't what's give this? you shit about that 
Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm glad yeah. that you don't. I, I appreciate yeah. it. So I should probably... I'm not going to pay for your food, but, yeah. you know. Well, and... Here's the other thing. <laughs> here's the other thing. Mm-hmm. What's with large parking charges? Like, why aren't we oh. Ubering to the airport? Well... To Why Uber, we leave in our car for six days and to the Houston Uber Hobby airport? to and from the airport, which and again, there's two airports in Houston. If I air, if I Ubered to IAH, it would be more than you, the, more than the parking tab I gave you for Uber. Oh yeah, it, it, you're talking eighty bucks easy one way because like, you basically live. It's in the a open. disaster. It's, it's, it's an not hour like going to Rogers. Minutes. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. So parking from outside. My, for I mean, because from my house to IAH, and I live. 30 minutes from my i'm sorry from hobby and it's 35 dollars usually i've done yeah. it a few times but i'm like it's just not worth the hassle and then because i i again this is we always talk about this shit this is why i drive home Houston after thing, a football game because like people in oklahoma are just like why would you park your car at an airport for seven days yeah no i and, and again it, it some of it is absolutely just ease because i remember last week when i was going around the state i leave um where i was staying in edmond I leave the house, and I'm like, oh, damn, I'm running a little behind. I'm not going to be able to get to the first practice I go to, which is out in Choctaw. And I'm like, that's just way on the other side of the city. And I, so I'm like, well, let me just check. I put it in my ways. It's like 37 minutes. 37 minutes barely gets me from my house to downtown. That's all. I'm, I'm going from Edmond to Choctaw. Like, I'm running the circumference yeah. of the city. And so it's just it's such a different mindset. And, yes, parking in Houston if you park any like to park outside the Astros game within a mile of the stadium, you're going to pay 30, 35 bucks easy, like without even thinking about it. So, well, I mean, you you know, you're seeing 50 bucks around here on game days. Yeah. Or if you want to get really close, but I, I still see $20 and stuff like that. You can get a yard for 15, 20 bucks easily. But I mean, if you park over here. Yeah. Yeah, And that's part of it though too. But if you want to park like on Lindsay, like two, like a, Block or two from Elm, you're probably paying forty. Yeah, I don't even know. I have no idea. I just usually drive by and don't even look. It's kind of hard to miss them because they basically jump in front of your car. Yeah, but I also don't go that side of town very much during. I see what you're games. saying. Yeah, like I'll I'll come in from well, the especially north now with us being on campus corner. Yeah, and I'll come in from the north and then uh, like cut through over here off Jenkins and then just take Jenkins all the way around to uh, the ass parking garage. I think I'll be walking on game days after walking over to practice yet, or to uh, football camp yesterday. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. But in defense of my spending, I will say I was in line to stay in Tulsa twice uh-huh. last night and tonight. And to put this in perspective, watched the camp in Westmore, drove to Tulsa. Now, I was going to go see Bixby today anyway, so it, right. it was six and one half dozen the other. But then I was Where's going to Coney drive. Coney Islander, by the way? <laughs> we need to get into that in a second. Uh I was going to drive back from Bixby Team Camp, drive down here, do the pod, drive all the way back up 44 to come back to Norman to do the team camp because hotels in Oklahoma City are obscene. Oh, they, I looked at them. When you told me, I looked yeah. at I mean, like $500 for a downtown yeah. hotel. Yeah, I mean, and, and nothing. We're not talking Skirvin or even anything that nice. No, like, like, we're like just, airport uh, courtyard was like 270 or yeah. something like that well there was one uh, that i saw it was like 215 and i was like and i literally i told tiffany i was like well okay what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna i'm gonna bill it for like 150 and i'll eat the other 65 just for the convenience like i'm just gonna do it that oh, way. wow yeah no i mean really i i, I mean i try to be Pretty mindful cool. i really do um at the same time so i go to click on it and then it's like 374 plus tax i was like 
what the hell you just happened? You had to stay like three nights. Yeah, or it something. was some weird deal, and I, so it just didn't work. But yeah, so that that was that's been my. This is we've but had weather and travel talk so far. This has been this has been hot. Oklahoma yeah. City's overrun with softball fans. Oh my God. Nobody knows. <laughs> uh, and I've, I've told you guys, I got off the plane yesterday and went over to the rental car line. I bet you there were 80 people in line in front of me. It took four of those big buses for the people that, you know, fly a sure. lot. You know what I'm talking sure. about. Four of those buses before I was able to get on. Didn't even think about it. Didn't yeah. even think about it. I mean, and it was Bama and Florida State. Like, I mean, it was – and also, I guess there's some, like, j- big juniors tournament going on simultaneously because there was a yeah, bunch of – Yeah, they gr- have – I think it mm-hmm. kind of works in conjunction yep. with the Women's College World Series. Yep. So, that was – that was oh, a like lot of traffic. Oh, like all little girls descend little on League Oklahoma City. Type stuff. Yeah. And yeah. is there Travel something ball. else? Like, because somebody else was saying, like, almost like it was like a – Well, I'm sure – WWE or something. Like, so, something along There might be lines. something else going yeah, on like over at Monster Truck Center. Rally yeah, or there could be. Yeah. Okay, so it is, uh, you know, the one great thing about, you know, this week is just that there's so much going on. There's football, there's softball, uh, you know, players are now back doing their, their workout programs. Like, I was walking over to camp the other day, I saw Andrew Rain walking out, it looked like somebody had just hit him with a shovel. Like, you could tell he had just had a hard workout. Saw Danny Stutzman, uh, again, just blew me off, did not talk to me, just like at the hospital where I was accosting players. Um and he looked like he had had a pretty tough workout. So, do you think he was just waiting for an apology? Is that what's going on for your accosting? I think he's waiting for a job. I think. <laughs> Give me a call, Danny. We'll talk. Yeah. Uh, um, so no, but the great thing about it is, you know, all this stuff going on. You're you're in and out. You're all over. You've been all over the state for the last couple of weeks. Uh, and uh, Eddie's kind of gets his choice. I, Eddie, your softball sights and sounds. I saw this today. Like 13,000 views in the last day. Yeah, it's crazy. And it was only the like people, a two-and-a-half-minute video. It really wasn't a whole lot because it started raining. and Maybe the NCAA should let ho- people do video more yeah. often. Well, that, that, would, that would probably be a help. But I get it. I mean, they control everything. It's, it's the same way at college football playoff games, same way at the right. NCAA tournament. They actually let you do more at baseball and softball and what I've seen than you could ever when even you imagine doing yeah. for basketball. Like at the actual NCAA yeah. tournament. Yeah. I mean, we were allowed to go on the uh, field at in Omaha. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, I for the softball, we just had to Yeah, like down stay in up. front before the game and everything. Mm-hmm. You could be down yeah. on the field. That was you cool. You could be down there five minutes before the pitch. That's pretty cool. First pitch. And when you're down there, uh, you're going to be able to see everything pretty well because uh, it is time for the enjoy fresh perspective, enjoy vision, fresh perspective, look around, uh, which we're going to do. Uh, and, you know, just... Looking around at everything that's been going on this week, uh, I mean, let's just start with camps because we got you here, Josh. You're you're a, a, a captive uh, audience, and uh, well, that's not the right way to put it. We, we're holding you captive, basically, um, doing recruiting. And so the the camp started yesterday morning. We were all over there checking things out. Uh, I, I got the sense when George and Eddie came back, the afternoon session was pretty worthless, uh, and then. We're all gearing up for tomorrow, but uh, which is going to be a really big day. But let's go over Friday or Thursday, kind of what you saw. Uh, obviously, a lot of quarterbacks to talk about that uh, were at camp. Yeah, I mean, it's not – we're used to having camps where you could see, you know, the senior – last year, perfect example, Jackson Arnold came in, he camped, and then we got to see all the young guys, you know, that you, that you want to see. And even had DJ Lagway come through in 2025. Didn't work out, but he was there. Um it's not very often you get to see two quarterback commitments in the same camp. And 
getting to watch, and it, it was great because you're watching Michael Hawkins make a throw. Well, then you watch Kevin Sperry step and literally makes the exact same throw on the next play, and they're doing it with guys like Zion Kearney and um, uh, the receivers. Uh, who the other name? I'm gonna. I'm just Adrian Wilson. Up. Yeah, uh, Adrian Wilson, and there's somebody else. But does it? I'm just gonna go blank for a second. I'll come back to it in five minutes. It'll. I'll remember. But there is. Um, you get to watch them do it with quality receivers. You get to see them work with quality players, and you get a better feel because, you know, Kevin Sperry. I mean, he, and he's a great teammate. Would never call his guys out. There, there's a there's some guys on his roster that are going to play like Ivy League ball. Like they're, mm-hmm. it's just not the same caliber. So seeing him work with those kind of guys, you get a better feel. And I, you know, Eddie and I both were just kind of sitting there talking. And I mean, those guys made some great throws. I mean, there were some really impressive stuff. Sperry dropped one on the sideline that was as good a, um, you know, kind of, I guess a corner is the best way I could think to call it. Cause he was just leading his guy to the boundary and it was just a beautiful throw. It, got, it was his receiver is going to make the play, or no one makes the play. And it was just perfectly dropped in there. Hawkins really – that was about as well as I've seen him spin it in the three or four times I've seen him this spring. Um, so, again, I just – I came away really impressed with that. And then I think maybe as one guy that we haven't talked much about maybe internally, Tristan Haynes, the corner from Carl Albert, that dude is a player. He's big and he's long and he's athletic. He's just figuring it all out, but there's a lot to like there. Jaden Nickens. That's exa- I was like, there's somebody and in 25. he is I'm impressive. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, him, uh, the kid from Shakota, Elijah obviously Thomas, yeah. Elijah Thomas, mm-hmm. and then uh, he was Elijah Thomas wasn't in the morning session, yeah. but between him and Zion Kearney, they they're two completely they separated themselves from everybody else. 100%. It was very very apparent. Yeah, that was. Uh, you know, and it wasn't a bad receiver group. There were some other guys there that could play. Um, you know, I guess the one we should mention is Brock Boyd, the uh, 2026 receiver from South Lake Carroll. I think he's the guy. And again, I, I want to be honest and just say we didn't get to watch him as much as we wanted to. But there was a guy early in the morning that made a great one-handed catch. And I kind of noted him. And then we just kind of kept moving and going to see some other guys. And I just kind of forgot to double back. And I'm pretty sure that was Brock. And he... Again, what limited time we saw was very good, and clearly as a guy going into his sophomore year for Emmett Jones to offer him out of South Lake Carroll for those that don't know, a huge power in the Dallas area, um, that's that's a really good sign. And a guy that I think as early as it is, you could probably start to earmark him as maybe a member of this class. He's got a lot of family connections to Oklahoma. Um, big, you know, his uh, from what I can gather, his um, – think his family might be in the donor group, you know, really? that kind of thing. So, I, th- so there's, they're, they're OU fans. Yeah, yeah. So I, it, it's more than just like, oh, I liked OU. Like they really, they're invested, I think, literally from what I understand. Interesting. It, it wasn't the best offensive line, <laughs> defensive line group in the afternoon. I, I will say, though, it's, I think it's going to be really good on mm-hmm. Saturday. I, there was some buzz uh, on Thursday saying kind of just wait until Saturday. Everybody's going to be here. So uh, we shall see. Owen Hollenbeck, though, was really good in the one-on-ones. He, he was the one guy that I thought you really had to note. Um, for those that don't know, teammate of Nigel Smith at Melissa. B, I mean, he is a fire plug of a guy. He's about 6'2 and a half, 6'3", 300 pounds. His, you know, his calves look like most people's thighs. I mean, he's just a powerfully built guy. And um, 
really though, you know, you, it's easy to think of that guy. Oh, he's he's a phone booth kind of guy, but he moves his feet well. Really stood up some good blockers. The the one or excuse, uh, some good defenders. The guy that we have to mention that he did go head to head with was Kamori Moore, the uh, big defensive lineman from Lee Summit North. That is Williams Nanari's teammate. Was Caden Green's teammate last year. A uh, very promising guy. So it was. I I, I don't know that he's definitely going to pick up an Oklahoma offer, but I think yesterday he put himself in that conversation, that, that that's a reasonable possibility. Riker half wasn't too bad. The kid mm-hmm. from Owasso as yeah. well. Um, I, Riker and Blake Cherry, the two guys from Owasso, they're very different, and I, especially in the way uh, Riker looks like something out of like ni- the 1980s with his wild hair and that kind of stuff, and Blake's just a much more um, – Oh, I don't know. Just a talkative, just an easy to kind of easy going kind of. He's kind of, kind of kid. a baby face six mm-hmm. six kid. He is. He really is. Um, but I like I like Riker a lot. So um, there is. Uh, I I think what you're seeing. I, I thought it was a solid group, but I agree. What we should see over the next four sessions, I'm going to guess, is probably better. You know, it was uh, just about I. I went up to Omaha, right after I went and visited my friends at enjoy vision have i ever told you about that and how well i could see i didn't Either realize that you. you had it then i don't yeah i, I had think no I idea did. i think i did and it was easy it was awesome it was, was it perfect. before the regionals and everything i think so yeah well no it was right during the middle of it i think because i came back yeah it was at the end of, anyway we're two so hours it, away from finding out if there's still some magic in that Yeah, well, they're going to need a little bit of help, I think. East Carolina's really good. (laughs) We'll get to that in a second. But I do want to tell you about Enjoy Vision. It's the best laser vision center in Oklahoma City. Not even close. Combination of mind-blowing technology, experienced eyeball surgeons, and exceptional patient care, which was life-changing for me. This is what they're doing for the unofficial 40 listener. You can go to enjoywithme.com. That is the letter N-J-O-Y, withme.com. Use promo code U40 if you're interested in LASIK. $400 off. Enjoywithme.com, promo code U40. This is where you lace it. All right. Uh, thanks to Enjoy Vision. And uh, Josh, you know, I, and it's, it's things that we've talked about before, but, um, you know, just kind of watching the coaches work. I mean, having, having current players out there coaching guys, I mean, not really big names or anything like that, but, I mean, the effort that's going into the camps and, and the energy that you see. And, and, I mean, Brent, you know, he was all over the place that uh, Thursday morning. I mean, he was out. You know, there wasn't a lot of defensive guys at the camp um, and not really anybody for Brent to schmooze on or, you know, um, kiss their butts or anything. But every trainer and coach and whoever was out there, like he was making the rounds. Uh, and then, you know, he was in with the offensive guys quite a bit, just, you know, getting to know everybody and stuff. But, I mean, he really I, – I would say – he's kind of old school in that he still believes in the camp model, which is kind of cool to see. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, and that, that's something that I, a, I, it's kind of two ways you can look at it because the first I would say Brent gets it. Like he, you're right. He goes and talks to everybody. I mean, even yesterday afternoon we saw him, he's talking to a family behind us uh, with J.R. Sandlin. They're just kind of making the rounds or making yeah, sure they follows talk to him everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. J.R. <laughs> is clearly his director of operations. There's no doubt. He, he makes sure the trains run on time. Um, but then, you know, beyond that, he also is a guy that I thought this year you could tell there was a much more orchestrated idea of what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like last year Brent was all over the place and it was really hard for him to be 
where he needed to be and kind of like they, they were trying to jump around, especially at some of the camps like we're talking about expecting over the next few weeks where they're going to have a lot of guys he's got to eyeball. That's harder to do. You've really got to maximize your time and make sure you see everybody you need to see. But the thing I love is Brent just loves football. Like he was just sitting there watching the O-line D-line yesterday. He's watching Bill give advice to Owen Hollenbeck and Riker Half and some of those guys we talked about. He's watching Miguel and go through some of his stuff with the defensive lineman, uh, the Josiah Hammond kid from Will Rogers that was yeah. there. So I, you can tell he just likes being around it. Like it's, it's just, you know, and I don't think anybody that's watched Brent will find that as revelatory or anything. I mean, he clearly is a guy that loves the sport, but – Again, Eddie and George leave me at probably 3.15, 3.05 yesterday. Probably. <laughs> at almost 3.45. And Brent they had fi- got back to the office, like, you know, all, and we, we had like, been sitting mm-hmm. in the office for Watching quite softball. some time. We yeah. like, watched a full half inning. And Brent was still talking. And they had left. He you, he'd begun when you guys left, yeah. hadn't he? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, he went for at least 30, 35 minutes talking to those kids. And I think – for a lot of those kids, that's the most they're going to get out of it. But that's cool, man. They got to say they sat in there and had that comment. Because sure. we all know there's places in Oklahoma that would pay a lot of money oh, yeah. to have Brent Venables come talk to them, at, you know, some kind of white table yeah. event. So, um, well, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's interesting you say that because, you know, as a kid, I would go to, you know, baseball camps and colleges same. and stuff. And, like, all throughout my career, like, I remembered, you know, them telling me this about this or that or, mm-hmm. you know, to do this, you need to be this. Like, a lot of those kids are going to carry that with them for a really long time. Oh, I remember going to an OU camp and Vern Rule was teaching pitching. And oh. Like I, and I thought that was the greatest. I knew he was the man. Like, I, I loved hearing everything he could tell me about pitching. So, I was always into that. I always heard every. So, it was the most expensive camp to go to when I was growing up was Oklahoma State camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was pretty – like, like Barry Switzer would only show up for photo day during his camps back in the day. Uh, but, like – Gary Ward, basically, you were an assembly line to him. He was just like, next, 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 next. Like, he was notoriously known <laughs> He was using it for, for recruiting even before you, people knew that you could do that, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Probably so, yeah. But, you know, he's, he was the hitting guru back in the day. So You know, something that you pointed out yesterday afternoon, Josh, that I thought was kind of interesting, I hadn't thought about it, was just how many support staff are out there nowadays. Like, it's it is wild. Everybody. And, I mean, it's all the way down to – Coaches' families helping out and stuff. Uh, their kids, like, running the concession stands. It, every person that's part of the university is out there helping in some way. Yeah, we... Or we, within the program. And I thought it's interesting, too, that, like, all of the new guys are the teachers. Mm-hmm. Whether it be Walter Rouse working with offensive tackles. Uh, and he was really invested. I mean, like, yeah, he really I was mean, he, working he with He was very guys. good. Mm-hmm. It was, you could tell that he's a, he's a really bright guy. Yeah. Um, the guy that I really enjoy watching with, because he, he did it last year too. He's not a new guy. LV Bunkley Shelton, he enjoys it. Like you yeah. can tell he likes yeah. being out there with the receivers and working with those guys and getting them kind of pumped up. It's a lot of positive energy. You could, I could very much see a world where he becomes a coach someday. Like sure. that, that seems like that fits him. Jackson Arnold was out there working. He, did, he wasn't working with the older guys, but he was working with the younger guys. So Kerry yesterday, and Kerry, we didn't talk about this. You compared him to uh, Woody Harrelson in um, Natural Born Natural Killers. Born Killers. Yeah. I thought it was more of a Brad Pitt fight club kind of look yeah, I can which, see that. like I can that, see that that was that was kind of the vibe he was putting off to me either one you know hey that's a uh, that's a marketable guy that's fine I'll take the pressure off of you this time Josh but I thought he looked magnificent just uh, like you could tell he's been in the weight room yeah he's he's putting in a lot of work 
Those were tree trunk legs that I saw out there yesterday. I don't think everyone, because I, I maybe I mean I guess during the spring game he had the big run. I don't know that everybody in high school appreciated the athlete that he is. Like everybody, you know, he won the elite eleven. They knew he could throw all that sort of stuff, but he is legitimately a genetically gifted athlete. Like I mean, he's not just like oh he tries real hard and he runs that like it. He is a guy that absolutely can make some big plays with his feet. He's starting to get a little thick, too. Mm-hmm. Like, in a good way, too. Yeah. You can tell that he's working out. Yeah. Well, I mean, you think about it. Like, all the quarterbacks that OU's had, as much success as they've had. I mean, I'm trying to think. Like, Landry was a really tall guy, but, like, Sam Bradford was the last, like, just big in stature kind of. And he wasn't thick, but, you know, he's, he's very tall. Like, it's always surprising to be standing up next to Sam. He's somewhere, like, talking about, like, Jackson. He's somewhere in between, like, He's not as tall as Sam, obviously, but he is. I think he's kind of a combination like with, Sam and Jalen. What about Rhett Bomar? Thick, not mm. yet. There, there's a comp there. I mean, like in time. Yeah, like in time. I mean, I mean, I Rhett say, was taller though, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. I, what would you say? Rhett was a little shy, six three, maybe like six. I was going to say change. six two and a half. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, but Rhett was, you know, like. At this, I, I, I will think say of this: the seniors, and I think they're Jackson, comparable. I think Jackson's a better athlete. Jackson's yes. a much better athlete yes. to me than Rhett. Like, yeah. you know, they were trying to do the Northwestern stuff. I mean, that's why he was, you know, here. He, Kevin Wilson, the mm-hmm. offense he ran at Northwestern, and uh, you know, he was running that in high school with his dad and stuff. And I just remember, like, with Rhett, I was like, oh, he's not really like those, you know, zone read guys I saw at Clemson or West Virginia. Like, he's not that quick twitch kind of guy like no and he got ran down i remember him getting run down and stuff and it was just like jackson is a much better athlete i can already say that without question but i would say he's more like a a a lesser version of a jalen hurts to me yeah i'm trying to so with a i mean Jalen's just so big though yeah he's really big it's. I looked up Bomar. Bo, it said Bomar ran a four seven at the combine. It's, but I don't know that he went to the combine. Is my only, like I, I I'm wondering did. if that no, was a I home testing. Did. Okay. Okay. I mean that's pretty good. But like he got drafted by the Giants or mm-hmm. signed by the Giants. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe he was drafted like the fifth or something. That sounds. I want to say that right. he did get drafted. Yeah. Out of Sam Houston. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he had a few good years. Yeah. I mean so. Um, that's ancient history though. I yeah. Mean, no. I but, mean. Our our pod listening age is like I never saw Brett, Brett Bomar play. I don't know what you guys got. Kitties, if I can if I can draw it in and make it make sense, because you know Jackson Arnold won the Elite Eleven. Brett Bomar once committed with Drew Weatherford at the Elite Eleven. They they went and got their hats at like a lids or something and brought it out, and that's how they announced their commitment at the Elite Eleven. Uh, and Christian got Ponder the announced then too. Yeah, uh, well Weatherford Weatherford would have been a couple years ahead there. Ponder and Weatherford are very easy for me to intermix. I'm pretty sure it was Weatherford, but it absolutely could have been Ponder. But I don't. I think he's a little younger than Rhett was. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. He won the wife game, though. I want to say that, even though she hates trans, Uh, (laughs) I want to say that Christian Ponder is right around my age. Or maybe a year 
younger? Is he Sam's age? Two thousand six. Let's see. Because he's a Her- uh, Colleyville Heritage, right? Mm-hmm. He is. Uh, yeah, he's he's listed at thirty five on on three on their page. Um, trying to find what year he was. Oh six okay. class. So he's so same yeah, age as Sam, and he'd have been two. That would have put him two years behind uh, Red, who was two two thousand four. Right. See, we have to watch out for the meandering thoughts and trying. You know, just pretend <laughs> like Pete. I. I, I we're going to talk later with George, but George was getting attacked uh, on the board for, uh, and, and I said this, you know, I understand it. It's like people take ownership over softball and then like all these Johnny come lately's like us start covering it and they get very defensive. Like if you say anything wrong uh, and there was some poster that was like, finally took George till March to realize Jordy balls, the ace of the staff. And, and uh, so like, do you get like, and I, my rant's coming later. It'll all that, come back around when, uh, you know, the same person's saying that Jeff Levy should be fired after game one. Uh, yeah. Of it, the 2023 season. It, that's just, and I, like, I admit I'm one of those people in softball. Like, I start paying attention probably in March. Like, I start really tracking it, and you know, and, and again, really comparatively to some OU fans, I it, it's not that. Seems like, like a disservice to your daughters, but whatever. Well, I mean, they do love to watch. They're, they're big fans. Um now they were big Jossie fans. L- Lainey loves because mm-hmm. I was like Eddie and I just bought her time. bat on the company uh, on company. Uh, I I don't think the dollars. company can afford the bat. <laughs> Truly, did you? Know, I mean, but, she released a, she had a bat release party with Rawlings the other day. Mm-hmm. Guess how much a, a Jocelyn Allo bat costs? And this might be the going rate for bats. And I just I'm so far out of that game right now. I have no idea. You wouldn't bat an eye if it was for a driver. It's more than a driver. I'm gonna Not say I'm, it's more than I would pay for a driver. Not that much. It's four hundred fifty bucks. Oh, but I, for a bat? Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of the, like when I was like, I, mean, I, I remember paying like a hundred dollars for a bat and thinking that was. But this is crazy. where we're yeah. at. I mean, it's like just two hundred like, bucks. They know yeah. parents are gonna pay for trainers and all this stuff and to get a scholarship, and so now bat prices are through the roof. And it's the same. It's the same people who are like, oh, prices of everything. Well, no, it's the market. You buy the shit, they'll keep making they, it. They, they wouldn't put it at $450 exactly. if they didn't think they could if sell they it. they couldn't sell it, exactly. And every girl, largely in the state of Oklahoma, that can afford that bat's going to buy that damn bat. There are, the, the world of softball and, you know, even more so, I was talking to somebody about this last night, uh, just baseball in general, high school baseball, quote-unquote little league baseball. They don't, you don't play league play anymore. It's basically if you're gonna, travel. it's travel ball. You go play on the weekends. You don't play at Putnam City Optimist or PCAA. Like they still have those leagues, sure. But that's that's kind of like a well, it's uh, like we what f- I looked at as the why. You like know, Josh like and I have followed along with Crabby and his daughter Jeremy Crabtree and his daughter oh, that play soccer and stuff. The world of soccer and uh, volleyball mm-hmm. and uh, even lacrosse to a certain extent. Those are like three new worlds that I don't even know about insane yeah crabby is always doing i mean soccer like he's got three girls now that i think have gone through this and one is i i don't it's avery i know sorry crabby i don't know if i can put your kid's name out there but i just did it <laughs> um but like she wants what was that award she did something it was like a all district all, or yeah league or it was something. like at like what? 13 or 14 the oldest one just signed to play uh college ball right yeah uh i can't remember where um it's uh, now I can actually connect my my genetics to some soccer stardom. Uh, my cousin's daughter um, 
played for Piedmont that just won the state championship, played as like a, a freshman for that Piedmont team. So she's apparently very good. I will not lay claim that I have seen her play or anything like that, but her dad is a listener. So, you know, shout out to him and, and to them. So that was, uh, that was kind of cool. I'd never, I didn't even realize. And they're like, yeah, she just got called up to the varsity about midway through the year. And then by the end of the year, I think she was playing quite a bit. So, well, that, I mean, that's the thing you talk about, you know, how oh, that overtakes your life and all that stuff. That's, mm-hmm. I was actually talking to Kevin Sperry's father, Kevin Sperry Sr. Yeah, we all just heard. Just about that. Yeah, I mean, apparently, <laughs> my God. Uh, yes. Well, it wasn't, that his, out there. it wasn't that his mom put it out there. It was just that people could recognize that it was me because it wasn't really that loud. Like, uh, but no, we were talking about, you know, my friends that have kids, like none of them have really raised like athletes. But like when I was growing up, like, my sister did uh, uh, roller skating, competitive roller skating. It wasn't ice skating because you're in Oklahoma. It was roller skating. We would travel all over the damn country doing that during the summers. Really? But it's like, you know, in, in all the baseball that we played in sports, it was like, that's the coolest thing about these parents. Like, I know there's always the bad stuff and people are crazy and mm-hmm. you get to deal with plenty of people that are like, you know, it, you know, my kid's got better stats than that kid. Why is he not ranked a four star? Um, parents like give up so much of their lives to have athletes as kids and to do all the stuff that they have to do. Like it is the most, one of the most, um, uh, I don't know the right word I'm looking for, but like generous things you could do, you know, as, as a human being to support your kids like that. Cause it's insane. It's probably even more so worse than it used to be just because there are people that, and this isn't a bad thing necessarily, but like people have made industries out of the seven on seven or travel ball or sure, whatever, sure. like hundreds of thousands of dollars and a year. There's part of that. If you really loved your kid or you really wanted him to be the best he could be, he's he should be going to this or yeah, that. that or, sure. The, the manipulation's awful. Sure. The yeah. way they'll use that. Um, but I mean, like, you know, I, and I know there are parents out there that are taking their kids from Oklahoma to Tulsa, oh, 100%. To, you know, every uh, Kansas. I mean, those just, are probably like the short trips. Yeah, right. I, I mean, like, I know there's some kids in high school right now that are playing for teams out of Minnesota. High school baseball. They're playing out of Minnesota, like with their travel ball team. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, the girl the from Stanford, the Kennedy girl, mm-hmm. she was raised in Topeka. She played uh, travel right, ball yeah. with the Louisville whatever. Yeah. It's like silver sluggers or something well, like that. Look at look at Jocelyn. Like sure. lived in Hawaii yeah. and would you know her dad would California. save up money all year to go travel ball all summer. You know, that's that's, that's is crazy. a huge amount of a commitment. And when it's from something like that, like when it really is like that can better your child's life, that's awesome. When and I'm not saying all to, my friends that have kids that didn't get into I'm not saying they're selfish assholes, but there's a little bit to that. <laughs> um there is you know, for me as a parent, like I, I probably have seen the bad so many times that I'm overly cautious about. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to push them to do something they don't want to do. So I, I, I probably go too far in the other direction. And so I, it's, there's times when I have to remind myself, I'm like, it's okay if they've got to, you know, do something extra, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. You know, that that's the way that goes. But. Well, I think we we got into that because of the the Z- the Zadavian Sim stuff and just mm-hmm. talking about Sean and um you know just about kids don't realize when they do that about backlash like they never think that back they think it's all fun and games and it's all going to be like everybody's just going to be like oh he didn't pick our school no people are going to come after you mm-hmm. if you dangle stuff in front of them uh, and then they feel like that you screwed with them. 
Hey, Eddie, can I ask you a question? Did uh, did OU make an offer at C4 recently, or was that a figment <laughs> of my imagination? I, I think that that was reality, okay. even just, though they stopped recruiting. It must have been like a fake offer. Yeah, just, just checking. Just checking. Um, but no, yeah. The disappointing like, thing is when the grown-ups yes, you know, and, and turn that, into and that. And that's yeah. the thing. that like When it comes from a good place as a parent, that's awesome. That's amazing. When you're trying to live vicariously through your kid or pushing yeah. them to do something they don't want to do – Man, that's not. It's not worth the juice. Isn't worth the squeeze. Like, because that stuff always. I think finds you can make an out. argument that Todd Marinovich's father wasn't wrong. Um, yeah, yeah. He he seemed like that was. I mean, never said that about Casey Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I mean, because I. No, I've he heard was stories, definitely most wrong. I mean, he was a he was a jerk. Like I've heard stories of kids are like eighth graders, freshmen in high school, and they've never eaten like a French fry in their life because their parents, I'm like, let them be kids, man. They're still kids. They're not robots. So, I mean, yeah, like, and again, they want to go, because there is a point when they're old enough to make that decision, like, okay, we want to go, dad, I do want to go train. I do want to go do all this. Cool, man, I'm in. I'll help you. I'll do what we can do. Um, But when they're like seven or eight, don't tell me that the seven or eight-year-old kid that's lived any sort of normal life is like, yeah, I really want to go throw 500 balls rather than go play with my buddies or, you know, you and I go see a movie together or something. Like, that's, that's bull. I, I, I will never believe that. Well, it goes back to, and, and this example hasn't been thrown out there enough, but, I mean, I think about Sam Bradford all the time, like, with that kind of stuff. Like, he just played sports. He, yeah. He was just, he played basketball, he golfed, he Played ice hockey, right, hockey for a while. Hockey was a big thing, yeah, there for a minute. But, I mean, it wasn't. he wasn't sitting there like, oh, I've got to get my, my trainer so I can, you know, be a better football player. Yeah. Like, he was that just, wasn't even really a thing back then, though, like working with a quarterback trainer or oh, working yeah. with – Yeah, it's become an industry, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we up. would go to, like, Adam's course for, like, you know, that, oh, was, God, that was like the that. small type of training. And then, obviously, you do Iron Claw in the summer and stuff. But outside of that – it, there wasn't a whole lot of specialization, which I think is, you know, that's a completely different rant as far as just awful specializing in, a, in one sport when you're nine years old or 10 years old. Yeah. Because, I mean, like you talk to college coaches, they love the guys that play multiple yeah. sports. They love the yeah, guys. Because, sure. you know, basketball translates to football, you know, baseball. Like, there's – it all can work together. I, I know I was watching a, a team today, and I, I don't want to put them out there, but – they were like, we've got this quarterback. We're pretty excited about him. He hadn't played a lot of football. I mean, like, he has, but he's played a different position. But he's a good pitcher. Mm-hmm. And, and so we're like, we, we think we can work with this and make him a pretty functional part of our offense. And, again, he didn't throw his football his whole life. Like, but they think he's got a chance to be a guy. So, um, it just, again, I don't – like, this wasn't supposed kids. to be a PSA. No, yeah. But it's just – No, let, I just thought it was – Yeah, sometimes. I thought it was interesting and, and just – you know, the whole, like, parents don't know things. Like, you know, they're, they're learning, like, especially, like, you know, with with a young guy, you know, the sophomore, it's like they're so, they're seeing all this stuff happen. Yeah. Like, I'm sure, you know, Sperry's parents were taken back by, you know, what happened with Davian Sims. Yeah. It's just like, it's a learning process. And, yeah. I mean, there's been, I remember there's a woman, we were down at uh, Houston for a camp, and she, like, was writing a book about recruiting for parents, and she was, like, coming up to you and asking questions. I kind of scoffed at the time, but mm-hmm. it's like the longer you do this, the longer you realize it's like just because a parent has never been through it and then went through it, it's not all, all parents don't all of a sudden know. Like, yeah. 
It's it's new for all these 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 parents. No, that and that's something that I think, especially when you're recruited at that level. For all I ask of recruits and their families, you know, when I'm trying to do interviews or trying to get them to meet me somewhere or do something, that's one of the few things I can help with. Like that's one of the few times I can pay something back. Is like, okay, this is, and I I really try to stay away from advice, but just you know, here are some pitfalls. Here are some things that you, you want to Yeah, you're right. For. It's never about this. If you went to this school, yeah. it's, you know, I, I think he's a good fit here 100%. because this is, that's not what we're talking about. Yeah, but like, you know, just things, because, I mean, I, there were some things, and guys, we talked about them away, and I don't, you know, away from the mics, but there were some things going on. I was like, uh, during the whole Zadavian Sims thing, and I was like, don't do that. Don't go too mm-hmm. far with what this can be. You know, like, and it, that's not at OU fans or anything. It was just there were people trying to help, and I was like, "You're gonna make this worse." You just sometimes yeah. you just gotta let it let it lie. And again, that's just experience. Like that's just because uh, again, I mean, there's people that have been around recruiting for a long time, and they've you know they've had they've coached their team or they've coached their training group or whatever it may be. And they see a lot, but they don't see what we do covering a hundred guys a year and watching those mini dramas play out all the time. Yeah. There, there's a lot of there's a lot of usefulness in our experience, and well, a people lot of parents don't know. Come to us you know, people stuff. don't know about like the calls you get from parents that are yeah. a little bit crazy. Or, oh, hundred percent. You know. Oh, I've I've been threatened more than one time <laughs> by a parent like that. That one hundred percent has happened. Um, and you know, and that's okay. Like it's. You're a parent. Like, you're not always going to be rational about that. Like, I, I get it. I understand. I understand now better than I did when it would happen more frequently. But, um, you know, I think now everybody kind of there, – there's more information out there. There's more ability to learn. But you're right. It's the manipulation. Like, oh, I went to the camp yesterday, and I saw the kid that's got all the offers. He trains four times a week with this guy. Well, I got to go train five times a week. Right. That's not the way that works. Like, that, that it's not – that's not. It's uh, there's, uh, there's there's very much science. a point where talent is the, yes. the deciding factor in yes. everything. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I mean, like, I could have thrown... I think people forget that. Yeah. Like, at yeah. the end of the day, I, I had somebody asking me about that. Like, how would my kid get recruited? It's like, I mean, it helps if you're really, really good. If he's six foot two if, and if he you're can a really throw good, a football if, if you're a really yards, good football player, chance, coaches yeah. are going to find you. I mean, guys, the two most recruited guys I've seen in the last 24 hours... Are Danny Okoye and uh, David Stone? Sure, that's couldn't, genetics. That's, There's well, a that's, lot of genetics happening, and here. both of those guys couldn't be further from homeschool and IMG. Yeah, like that's literally both ends of the spectrum of yes, high school recruiting. Absolutely. I mean, and again, they're six three two fifty, and you wouldn't want to get in their way if your life depended on it. So now, can good training for like a defensive lineman can it help him be better prepared when he gets sure. to college and things like that? Obviously, it can. But it's not going to be the difference between him getting a scholar, you know, getting yeah. twenty-five scholarship offers versus one. Yep. I mean, that, and guys, a perfect example of what we're talking about of, of being patient, letting it happen. Taylor Heim, yeah, played a bunch of sports for Bethany. Was all you know, like never was a guy that just focused on football. 
good basketball player, does a bunch. I, I believe he runs track at yeah, Bethany. He, he runs. So um, there's he's just and again. 6'5", 200 pounds. He's just a good athlete, and at some point, people took notice. So that's that's just completely normal. Um, I mean, it's not completely normal, but that is, that's the way that works. Like, you can be the overachiever. You can work hard. You can do all that stuff. At the end of the day, most of the guys I'm calling and wanting to talk to are people that won, you know, what, what a coach will call you, the genetic lottery. Like, right. they, mm-hmm. they just, they've got things that the three of us never had. Like, I mean, let's just be real. All right, uh, let's get back to the recruiting because we're, we're going to end up a little long on time here. Uh, but you've been out and about. Uh, tomorrow, you know, early next week, we'll have another pod to talk about what happens this weekend. Uh, but two more sessions tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. And then next mm-hmm. Thursday, there'll be the, the yep. next big prospect kind of camp. Yep. Uh, little kids will be there during the week and mm-hmm. things like that early. Uh, so – Anything else from camp, from Brent Venable's football camp, you wanted to hit on before we talk about your road trips and, and going up to Bixby today? Um, no, not nothing in particular. Um, you know, I said we, we got Westmore last night. We can talk about seeing Stone and Caden Durham and all that. But, I, you know, I think one probably the most interesting thing, and again, it's just because we'll preview it a little bit for people that are listening, is the, the Christopher Jackson kid from Atlanta Tucker coming in, top 100 guy in the country. Uh, Oklahoma offered him in early May. He is a – uh, you know, he's the kind of guy that we didn't used to see come camp at OU. So the fact that they're getting these guys from all over the country says a lot about, again, how much emphasis they're putting on this. They they really believe in getting these kids on campus. And he's the kind of guy like we saw last year where William Zaneri came in, David Stone came in. Like they had all these big-time guys that are now focal points of their senior recruiting. Well, that's what they want this guy to be, you know, going forward in the next class. Okay, before we get to road trip stuff, um, the John Terry, um, or Day John Terry, is it? Day John. Day John Terry. Uh, How much do you know about him? Uh, What type of player do you envision him being for Todd Bates, Miguel Chavis, Brent Venables? I've got to think that they see him as that that big bull inside that they just frankly haven't had. Like, I mean, this is a guy, if he can come in and pick it up, I don't see any reason that, you know, like by midseason, he couldn't be a starter for that defensive line because we know for all the the bodies they have in there, they've got some guys with some athleticism. Jonah Lalu, you know, you, you run down the names. But is there that guy that's going to eat up a center, a quality, like go against Kansas State and is going to sit there and hold the line? I don't know. I don't know that I see that guy. I feel somewhat comfortable watching him and Isaiah Coe next to each other. Mm-hmm. Like that's a that's a good – defensive tackle group inside I mean your guy the guy's listed at 6'4 320 I don't think Oklahoma has a comparable body on their roster to that even if that's if that's 10 pounds heavy and an inch tall I still don't think there's anybody with SEC experience yeah yeah absolutely I mean and put up I'm not going to say like amazing numbers but if you could pick that guy up in the middle of the summer that's not bad I mean for a a position that clearly needs help and the thing again I, I I I guess I'm pivoting back to safe space because it's something I bring up a lot. The fact that they just keep adding bodies in spite of the fact that there doesn't seem to readily be numbers to do so. I think that's a great sign for people that were work, you know, cause I, we used to talk about it all the time with Lincoln Riley, they'd come in at 81, 82, 83. And you're like, what are you doing with these scholarships? Brent's going to have to take scholarships away mm-hmm. because they're just not enough. And 
Now, I mean, obviously it looks like Keon Brown's not going to be in, so that gave him a scholarship maybe none of us were expecting. But still, there is there is very much a feeling of survival of the fittest. I was Two things on uh, Dejon Terry. If you want to still say that OU's not playing the NIL game, no better example than Dejon Terry. I, I promise you that. Two, I've heard the coaches feel like it's a somewhere around a third, fourth round grade. That's what he could end up being. And if that's the case, I think that's a major win for Oklahoma. So, like, those, the, it's but a, yeah, I mean, I think it's a big deal that they went out and got somebody that adding this late that's going to come in. And I think we all three think could be an instant contributor next year. Or I this mean, year. If this he, year. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't see any way he's not a rotational guy right, from day sure. one. Right. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up starting. Yeah. I mean, agreed. honestly. Agreed. And just the bodies. I mean, yeah. that you can't overstate that, how important. A, a body that can play and not just a body that's practice. George noted it's defensive line. They've added, what, five? And Dejon Terry, Jacob Lacey, De, uh, Davon Sears, Rondell Bothroyd, Trace Ford, uh, two linebackers, Dasal McCulloch and Connor Neer, and then obviously Reggie Pearson. So, they, you know, it's pretty obvious what they wanted to go out and get in the transfer portal. And Connor Neer, I continue to hear the kid from Ferris State, like, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts at middle linebacker, is what I was told, I, I, which is insane to me. And I don't know what that means about the guys that they already have on campus, but I supposedly they are very, very high on him. You, this is the time of year you wonder how much of it is okay. Uh, Kick somebody in the butt like, type thing. Like, how, like this guy's going to come take your job if you're mm -hmm. not ready. But yeah. at the same time, he feels like a Brant guy. Like yeah. he makes all like he. You watch him on tape because uh, with Terry, there's not a ton of tape to go see. Um, at least not easily findable. With Neer, there's a lot out there, and you can really watch him go. And that's an instinctive guy that just gets it. Like he he plays like Brent Venables wants his mic to play. And I, guys, there's a part of me that just thinks it's really hard for Brent to hand over the mic to a guy like Jaron that just has so little experience. Well, think about how many times, every time he talks about Jaron, he says how far he's come along mm -hmm. and then reminds everybody that he never played linebacker in high yep. school. Yep. And I, I, again, like, and I think that when you've got a guy that we've all watched for years be so meticulous about that position, I, I don't know, like, I, I don't want to say it's like a pride thing because that's not why you make that decision. I don't think that's what's to do with it. But I think it is like I want to put the guy that I know is going to see it like I see it. Now, he may not have the ability to make the extra play that Canick can make, but I know he's going to be where he's supposed to be, and you know we're going it's to take care of – It's a little the, bit like, you know, um, why can't I think uh, – Aguebu. I mean, yeah. like very talented but wasn't sound from a defensive no. standpoint. And, and if you had him, you know, again this year, and you had this guy, then you'd probably be like, well, they're going to go with somebody else just to get rid of him. Yeah. I, you know, I'm still not Obviously, I don't think that they're trying man. to run Kanek off, though. No, 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 no. I'm no. just saying if, you know, if it was a Guaybu, I mean, he just didn't fit there. I think it, it, I think it's, again, it's, it's a couple of, and I, we're not even bringing up Kobe McKenzie, who we all know has made big strides um, and really impressed some people. But with those two, A, they're both so young. And secondarily, just I, you wonder if it's like, guys, this can happen. Because like, who, who is going to beat them out? Like, who were they really going to threaten those two with and say, you, you guys, one of you two sure. is not going to yeah. start. Now you've got a legitimate heir that you can say, 
if you're not ready, he's going to be our guy. And I, I think that's got to weigh on those two. I'd love to have seen, and you know, we're short on time, but uh, I would love to have seen a healthy TD roof and what he had, you know, might have done last year. Yeah, I think we all kind of laughed when he ended up coming over from Appalachian State. But it, as it turns out, depth-wise, he would have been yeah. very much needed. And I think he would have been somebody that was out there that, you know, would have actually contributed and probably made a, quite a bit of plays. Yeah, at the very minimum, would have had some sort of package or something. Yeah. Like, he he felt like a guy they would have built something around. All right, before we move on to softball discussion, uh, you're at Bixby, obviously. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys out there to see. Uh, what is what did you see tonight and kind of what's ahead for you? I mean, obviously, the camp tomorrow. Yeah. If you could talk about maybe what you're hoping to see out there with uh, Venables camp as well. Sure, sure. Uh, you know, I'll wrap up the two team camps I've seen, you know, since the OU camp yesterday on uh, uh, Thursday. Went to Westmore. A lot of good talent out there. Got to see Grady Adams in the 2025 quarterback from Deer Creek. Uh, Harris Nutley, the big offensive lineman from Norman North that I still think there's a world I can see where he ends up as part of Oklahoma's class. Uh, same same could be said for Josh Iasosa, the big offensive lineman from Edmond Santa Fe. So, again, really talented camp. A lot of good players. A lot of good young guys. Um, Mason James from Norman North is a guy that has made some early buzz, and I think I expect him to be here. I can't remember the date he's given it to me. I think he'll be on actually next Thursday he's supposed to camp. So, um, a lot of that. And then, But, I, I, again, the guys that stole the show – you had Caden Durham and David Stone, obviously two huge names for OU just hanging out on the sidelines. Uh, I, I, I got to be fair. I talked to Michael Patterson McDonald. We'll have that interview coming up uh, at some point. Um, really, talking to him, it, you know, he and David are going to actually be on campus next, next Thursday when we're there. So we should see some of that, I'm sure, at some point or another. But, I, again, I keep saying it. Every time, if the state of Oklahoma is open to travel, David Stone seems to be in the state of Oklahoma. Like, it's just, it's really hard to ignore. And I know, you know, it's school's out right now, so it does make a lot of sense. But I also thought it was really interesting, Caden Durham's there. And for those that kind of are like, why does why was Caden Durham there? Perfect example, Caden Durham has a 405 tattoo on his shin. I had never seen it before huh. until... The other day. So, I mean, this is not just a kid that, like, oh, he passed through Oklahoma. Like, he is a legit Oklahoma guy. Uh, for those that don't know, moved to Duncanville going into, I believe, his sophomore year. Um, largely, from what I understand, built on track because he is a big-time, big-time track guy. So, um, you know, again, talked to David for a while. I don't think anything's really breaking with him right now. I didn't put him on the spot or anything like that. So, I think, um, you know, he's going to be at Oklahoma, like I said, June 8th. Uh, going to Florida, uh, he's actually headed to Florida right now. Then um, I believe is at Miami on June 9th before going to Oklahoma on the 16th. So um, gonna he's got a lot going on. Uh, Caden Durham, I think that comes down to OU and LSU. It's just going to be a matter of who has the last word. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Bixby, Bixby really was uh, Davon Jordan, uh, who we talked about last week. We've done, run an interview with uh, Big Corner from Union. Um Looked good. And then a lot of really young guys. Uh, saw David McComb from Edmund Memorial, the 2025 quarterback. The guy that I, I'm i kind of developing an in-state crush on is Cord Nolan, the linebacker from Bixby. He's about six foot, about 190 right now. He's got to grow. You know, you, you hope he kind of fills out his frame. But talking to the staff, they think he's a monster. They think he's going to be outstanding. And just watching him, he's tracking plays down from behind, out in space, you know, against – a team like East St. Louis, who we know has just 
And East St. Louis, holy crap. Like, they've got guys that just – I mean, I bet you their offensive line average is 6'3 and a half to 75. Are they good, like, in season? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're a really good yeah, football they, program? They they went to modern day and played modern day within, like, 10. Oh, wow. A couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. They're, okay. they're very good. Um, now, I think they're a little down right now. They don't have some – like, they don't have the Luther Burden, right, the Miles right. McVeighs. They don't have those superstars. But they're still very, very good. Um, and then going forward – you know, I mentioned, like I said, see the Christopher Jackson kid. Also going to get our first look at the guy we um, we loosely referenced earlier, uh, Colin Peacock, the uh, the safety, uh, the recent safety offer from Gunther uh, in Texas. So um, there is um, there's going to be plenty more there. Uh, there. There's some quarterbacks coming in. Uh, Riley Kester, you guys will get your first look at him. I If he doesn't come close to starting a fight tomorrow, I'll be pretty surprised. He just kind of runs hot like that. So, um, uh, for those that don't know, big offensive lineman from Sand Springs. He's got a few offers already. Uh, I believe Kansas, Tulsa, and I can't remember the third one. What year is he? Uh, 2026. He's okay, just wow. going to be a sophomore. He's a pup. So, um, the thing I will say, again, 2025 and 2026 in Oklahoma look very talented to me. I continue to find more and more legitimate, you know, board. I mean, it's too early to say power five, but definitely guys that have that kind of trajectory possible. And the, sh- and the shift, how is it going with Brent kind of rebuilding those state ties? I think, you know, I, ta- I was actually talking to somebody today, and they were talking about, like, there was a guy, um, last name Irvin, out of Midwest City last year, that really built a lot of buzz late. A lot of people got excited mm-hmm. about him. Um, and just talking to people about kind of the differences and how Oklahoma went about pursuing the gig, because they, they kind of got involved late, and how Oklahoma State did it. And you're like, this is this is gonna be good for OU in, in the time because they're not just saying, Oh yeah, we like your kid, best of luck to him. You know, they really were trying to find a way to make it work with him. Um, you know, trying to get him on campus. I, I had even heard like they maybe were thinking he could go to NEO for a semester and then come back mm-hmm. to Oklahoma in December. So like they just wanted to see a little more tape, see him play at a little different level. But again, that's just kind of what I'm talking about. You're you're hearing coaches, and I can tell you at least one of the ones I'm talking about has questioned Oklahoma many times on the way they deal with in-state recruits, and he has been very impressed, notably with Brandon Hall. I want to I give him his due. That's a guy that I think has impressed a lot of people around the state, and makes sense. He's a native Oklahoman. Like it, you know, it matters to him to have good relationships. By the way, I want to remind you guys, uh, Father's Day is coming up, and Dead Soxy uh, wants to put some socks on his feet, uh, and what a great gift. Uh, elevate your dad's style with a gift that's uh, as unique as he is. Dead Soxy Premium Socks. Uh, it's great website, great customer service. You guys have heard me talk about it you know, many times before. Everybody in the office uh, has them and wears them, loves them. Uh, but get that head start on your Father's Day shopping. Um, all uh, The special offer from Dead Soxy is this, 25% off and free shipping. So uh, that's on all orders with the code SCOOP. So from their exclusive sock subscriptions to their special weekly supply boxes, there's a perfect match for every dad. Uh, he deserves the best elevated style with Dad Soxy today. And, and get that free shipping, 25% off as well on all orders using that promo code SCOOP. So happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there from Dead Soxy. And uh, hey, dads, even you guys remember, uh, as always, to stay Soxy. Okay, it is the softball portion of the podcast as we bring in uh, Bob Prisbillo, uh, our softball beat writer, and George Stoya, who has uh, uh, been around the softball team more and more and is going to be out at Hall of Fame Stadium coming up on Saturday. And, of course, 
the Sooners will play on Saturday, Bob, because uh, Jordy Ball finally got to have, you wrote about it yesterday, got to have her World uh, Women's College World Series moment uh, that she didn't get last year because of the injury, and uh, what a day it was going up against a really special pitcher on the other side. Yeah, Jordy was magnificent, and what stood out more than anything is, you know, because they were just going punch for punch, you know, zero, you're scoreless, through two, three, four. So when OU took that lead, Jordy took it to that next next level. Major Stanford never had a chance in the two the two to nothing victory, finishing the game in style, striking out the side in the seventh inning. And I didn't know if it was going to be Jordy. There was a part of me that was saying, "You save Jordy for Tennessee. Save Jordy for Tennessee. Just get through this one." But showed you the respect Patty had for Kennedy. Yes, it it really did, and it turned out it was probably the the right call. The thing was, like, you weren't scared of Stanford's lineup, but it, you as the game got on, you're like, oh, you're threatening, but they 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 can't figure her out, and then Stanford's just gonna, like gonna punch one through, and the Sooners are gonna have their backs against the wall again. But Jordy clearly just was not gonna let that happen. Thursday, so she she gets the job done. Now we'll see if it's Alex or Nicole going against the balls. Yeah, it, I mean, it was one of those things. Like from the beginning, Jada Coleman really set the tempo, and I know you you wrote about that also in the notebook. But uh, you know, she went up there and, and went what twelve or thirteen she, pitches she, deep. She went ten. She went ten. Tiara went eleven. So she went twenty one pitches in the for first two batters. But just showing you know, Kennedy uh, that like we're not going to just let you bowl us over. Like, we're going to come up here and fight every time we have a bat in our hand. Uh, and it spread throughout the lineup. I mean, everybody, I think it was to the second time around until somebody really, I think it might have even been Coleman that just basically whipped, you know, three times. And, you know, because she was at 52 pitches through through two, and then she got 74 through four, and it looked like maybe she was finding her groove. And then Alina Torres finally broke it. It's like, all right, there's... The first hit in like four four innings. Now let's let's get get things going. Riley Boone comes up big. Jada Coleman has the only RBI producing hit of the entire game, and it's like that's all it took. And then she's at five innings in ninety nine pitches. They made her work. Is is that going to be the best pitcher they face all all tournament? Maybe maybe Sander Cock for Florida yeah, State. Sander Cock with the Seminoles. You're going to probably have Rodgers with Tennessee. Like I joked yeah. about Tennessee not getting the run the the run rule when they were up ten to two. They sat out Rodgers in the fifth, sixth, and seventh, and that ended up why they didn't get the run rule. But you got to think you go four innings Thursday and have a day off. She's going to be right be ready to go. But yeah, I mean those feel like those are the two you're going to have to go through. If you're going to win it. Those are the two teams I think we all think they're, you're going to have to go through as well. Well, the World Series went through a rain delay last night, uh, so they still have Washington and Utah left to play today. Uh, I've seen you know a little bit of Washington, a little bit of Utah. Uh, I mean, Utah, or Washington was a team that was down 6 nothing going into the seventh inning in their Super Regional uh, to McNeese, and they exploded uh, in the seventh inning, top of the seventh, I think it was, uh, so, but what I'm thinking is I've I've seen all these teams. I think it's pretty clear Oklahoma, Tennessee, Florida State is the class of this this tournament. Yeah, I mean that's again, and and Bob can probably speak to to that a little bit more than I can. But it it definitely seems that way. I mean Tennessee is an interesting team. I think on Saturday because they do have good pitching, but they score. Yes. I think they have the second best offense in the country right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean they put up ten runs on Alabama. 
who, who's a really good team as well. So I think Tennessee could could really you know give OU a run for their money. I, I mean, I'm not saying they're going to lose because it seems like OU just continues to find ways to win, um, whether they're losing to Clemson or you know they're facing a really good pitcher in Stanford. They just they figure it out every game. But uh, Tennessee's going to score, I think, and it's going to be interesting to see who Oklahoma pitches on Saturday. I think it'll be Nicole May. Uh, and maybe we see Jordy come in partway through. I, I don't know. Uh, so maybe we see Storocco, um, you know, but then I think Florida State. Florida State looked dominant yes. last night against Oklahoma State. So um, I think it's those three teams are the teams to beat. I'm, I'm wondering, is there a quick hook from, from Patty if Nicole or Alex don't, don't have it going? Like, is this something you can play around with? Or is, hey, you don't have it today? That's okay. But we've got to make a change and we've got to get it to someone who is ready to roll because Tennessee's offense is legit. And they didn't even get a lot of production Thursday from the people that you would expect. So they're feeling really good about themselves on a 10-game winning streak, peaking at exactly the right time. Maybe Florida State ends up being two, but it feels like at this moment, these are the two best teams that have been playing during the last couple weeks. I know Starocco has not been stellar lately, but I just feel like Nicole May starting is not the right move. I, I just don't think Tennessee is too good on offense. She doesn't have just elite stuff. She's more about changing speeds and things like that. Uh, and maybe that works, but I don't know. I, I, I think Starocco has a little bit more, you know, giddy up on her fastball. I, I just think that she'd be more difficult for Tennessee. I think velocity is always the best, you know, way to air. I mean, you can always start Jordy. I mean, you. I don't know why. Why? Why not? I mean, you get a day off. That's why they did this. Yeah. And, and I'm. I, I don't think she. Obviously, she would not go seven. But you well, could start her the first three that's innings. A good point. There's. There's no reason that's. There's nothing that says that you have to start any other pitcher. <laughs> yeah. Jordy Ball is your ace. I mean, she proved that. And 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 you've seen it through the years. Patty's done it with. And I know she said she doesn't ever want to do it again. But she did it with Paige Parker. She did it with with uh, uh, G. Juarez a few years ago. You know, she. You've seen. OU ride one pitcher all the way to the championship. Uh, I, I don't I mean, think that's what they'll do, but I would not shock me if they put Jordy out there to start the with game. With the day off, your goal is, is to get to 2-0, and to get to the championship series. I mean, that's the most important thing. So. Well, then you got you well, play and, Monday. And so. yeah. Here's the other thing that we haven't talked about, and Bob and I were talking about it before the pod. What if the game gets pushed to Sunday? Because of the rain that's supposed to come on Saturday, right. that's what. Then I'm, all of a sudden, then you. St- then I, then you I think to go with Jordy. With Jordy yeah. Yes. yeah, I think you get that extra that extra day. I mean, that was a season high that she threw against Stanford. I mean, she brought it. There's no doubt about it. But we've talked about how these pitchers have been well rested the entire time, and that's absolutely absolutely the case. How do they respond after being pushed? You know, the only other time she went. More than a hundred wasn't Baton Rouge, and that was you know a big time moment for her to go those seven innings in that shutout. But now you go 107 pitches and then say, "Oh, go back out there the very next day when you've got two other elite starters." The thing with Alex and Nicole, I feel like when Alex at her best is better, in my opinion, than Nicole at her best. But Alex has more peaks and valleys, and that's something yeah. that obviously Patty and, and the staff will have to keep in mind. Well, and, you know, the other thing about this team right now, it, it, looking on the offensive side of things, uh, I think you, you feel like – I felt like, you know what, the first time through the lineup yesterday, I thought, like, um, 
I blank, I'm always blanking on names. Uh, Sydney uh, Sanders. Uh, yeah, yeah, Sydney Sanders. Like she had the best at bat against to uh, get the Kennedy. walk. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like she seemed to understand what was. So I still think you have her. I mean, Haley Lee has played incredibly well in Hall of Fame Stadium. She didn't play well yesterday. Uh, I mean, the one concern that you really have is is Grace Lyons seems to be kind of a struggling little bit. Right now. You know, because she had a great Big Twelve tournament and she started off regionals very well against Hofstra, but she has fallen off and she's and Patty's dropped she, her down and down in the lineup. She's down in the eight hole. She had a chance to, I mean that it didn't end up mattering, obviously, of course, but bases loaded two out bottom of the six. Grace could have separated that scoreboard in a hurry. And instead it was left up to Jordy to j- close the door once again in the uh, seventh. Now, obviously you're never going to take her out. Her defense is too dang good. She won the gold glove. Like that's n- never to be questioned. But she needs something offensively to get her going again because there, I don't think you have that sigh of relief like when Riley Boone is up or Alina Torres. But the last couple games, you've almost you're starting to wonder like when is when is it going to turn back on for for Grace because they need her back. And, and I, I think you just have to trust that she'll eventually. I mean, she's been in this this moment so many times that eventually she'll figure it out. She's due right is what they always say. So we say that she'll probably hit a huge home run on Saturday. Uh, but the one that I've been super impressed with, who I think has just phenomenal at-bats every single time, and Bob, uh, I think you're writing about her today, or maybe you already written about her. I don't know. Riley Boone, though, is just... She, she has, is yeah. She is amazing. I mean, she she's not going to hit home runs, probably. Uh, she's not going to get up there and, and hit one, you know, 300 feet out of the ballpark. But, man, she is just amazing at the plate. You know, and 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 the infielders, you can tell they never know if she is she going to lay down she the perfect bunt. Yep. bunt? Uh, is she going to hit one over their head? Like she she's just incredible and really fun to watch at the plate. It is interesting that you know the the slapping has not been as prevalent with her this year because you know they changed that rule where you're not out if you hit it. It's just it's a strike and and you go back to the plate. But I thought there were some times that. And it's just like, you know, I can't really criticize Patty. I mean, it's like she knows what she's doing, but she just seems to really – she'd rather let her hitters hit than try and manufacture a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I mean, they tried the hit hit and run in the first inning, and Haley had to swing at a pitch, and Jada had a bad jump, and it was like, whoops, that's not how that's supposed to go. But you you look at Boone, and I just – Whenever there's a ground ball to the left to the left side, I automatically assume she's safe. Like I, I've never seen someone that quick and get such a great jump getting out of the box time and time again. And she's had just magnificent at bats. And we, you know the phrase they said she turns that lineup over very quickly. Yeah. You know to where then you get Jada Tra, and if Boone can get on, you almost feel confident that as long as she's She's on on base that Jada, or Tiare, or Haley are going to bring her in. And we've seen it happen time and time again throughout the course of this year in tight moments where Boone has been the spark to finally get that offense going. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Well, the other thing, too, is just, you know, it is the Women's College World Series. It's like 
they've been here before. They live for this. I mean, I imagine it kind of gets boring, you know, early in the season when you know you got 50 games left. This is what they live for. They've been here. They Like, T.R.A. Jennings has produced on this stage. Jada Coleman's produced. Riley Boone's produced. Like, this is what they do. So you just hope a little bit of that, you know, magic continues to rub off on other players and, and maybe Haley Lee has her moment or, uh, you know, I think Alyssa Brito's hitting the ball really well. I mean, I think she could be someone that comes up big in the biggest moments. Yeah, she had that one to the wall. Yeah. A great catch. Uh, I thought that one was going to be a double or, you know, it looked when she first hit it, I thought it was going out. But, but yeah, she's been playing well. It's just, it's just crazy because, like, even yesterday, it seemed, Bob, watching on TV that they knew they were going through those struggles, but they just did not care. Like it was like they were, they continued, they were aggressive all game. Uh, They were having fun in the dugout. I mean, we've talked about that a million times with this group, but uh, they're just unfazed by even the, you know, some of the biggest struggles. And I know Patty talked about that after the game. It was one of the hardest first round games they've played. You think it was like, uh, maybe some of them came back like from that Clemson game and they're like, you know, we let that redneck guy dominate the broadcast. <laughs> like we should maybe because their their dugout seems like they they were not active during that game, and then all of a sudden, you, I mean, they talked about it on the broadcast yesterday, just like how how talkative that dugout has become. Yeah, and that's something Haley Lee and Riley Boone they bring they bring it to the table like every single pitch, and that's why it's you. They talk about always staying even keel, and that's like part of it, you know, because they're they have the same emotion whether they're up ten nothing or it's scoreless, and they haven't been able to figure out the opposing pitcher yet. They they keep that same intensity, that same positive, you know, vibe, and eventually there comes a moment where that powers through and makes something happen. Do you think we'll get any uh, big Donahue moments on Saturday? Ooh. She had some rough moments yesterday. She did. She uh, had, well, I mean. One was a difficult play, but she dropped. She, you know, fumbled away a, a fly ball that gave Alabama their first two runs. She had, she got picked off a second base, and the next batter hit a home run. Not picked off, but she got thrown out stealing. But there's got to be. I mean, can we? I mean, is there? I guess just to dive into it, she's playing shortstop now. Correct. Obviously, she wanted to play shortstop. You know, and, and was that where the rift came from with her and, and Patty? Well, then it was Boone was playing better. Yeah. You know, you moved to left, but Boone's better than you. You have and to And she was sitting on the that. bench yeah. and she didn't handle it well. Where, like we've said throughout the course of this year, other players have accepted a lesser role in just being ready when Patty wants you to do something. McKenzie's like, I've earned, you know, I've I've earned this right before. I'm America's sweetheart, basically. <laughs> I think I should be there. And so, but yeah, I, and the shortstop thing is interesting because that's something we we talked about, Pat. I think we talked to her about it like in March, but like how many shortstops she recruits who end up in different positions because no one's better than Grace Lyons. Yeah, you're not you're not taking you're not taking Grace Lyons. Yeah, so you need to figure out what other position you're going to be able to play at a high level and still be out here because you're not playing short. And I be I'll be curious just to see that that first at bat for McKenzie and how she handles it and just that the wave of emotions that I'm sure will be going through her. She did have one of the greatest catches. Yes. Ever in that stadium. She did? Yeah. Was yeah. that was There's that no was question. that in the national title game? Or what which when was that that she had that I can't remember if it was the championship game? Well, or? I remember, you know, because they got beat, 
every game was an elimination game, so everything was so everything was so magnified. Yeah, I don't know if that was a championship or if it was just a big play to get them to the champion. I, th- I want to say it was a play in a game that got them to the championship that's, series. That's what I think, and people are going to laugh at us. How do you not remember? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I don't. Someone was ripping on George last week because he's like. Oh, it took him till March to figure out Jordy Ball's the ace. It's like, stop taking it so seriously. Like, it's everyone's team. It's not just your team. It's okay for a bunch of football guys also, to fumble th- around and talk about softball. Also, I mean, maybe I'm totally wrong and I'll look like an idiot again for saying this, <laughs> but I'm, I'm digging my hole deeper here. But correct me if I'm wrong. Nicole May and Starocco each had phenomenal seasons yes. where it was like at points we we're like well maybe maybe Starocco's an ace maybe Nicole May's an ace like there's there wasn't I mean yes I know Jordy is the all-star and she is there's a level up above those yes. guys that yes. she is but like my point was it was last week it was like very clear that she is on a different tier than everyone else and it that that was my point right because it's not potential it's production now. right like it's no longer like well when well, and, uh, I mean Jordy hits best. batters. I mean she doesn't she doesn't always have the most control. I mean I get it a little, but yeah she clearly has the best stuff. And if you need someone to get an out, she's definitely you want in the, you want her in the circle over everybody else. But I mean come on, it's just that attitude of like, ha ha, he's stupid. He doesn't love softball as much as I, as I do. Like. Just stop it. Nobody, nobody's going to want you at their party if you continue to act like that. Like, softball is yours and yours alone. Donahue, it was uh, it was in game two against Florida State in the national title series. And Florida State, I forgot, Florida State had won game won, one. Won the first game, yes. And then OU won the next two. Yep. Yeah, I mean, let, I mean let's, I'm mean, let i thinking with the rain and everything and how crazy it's probably going to get by the end of the day, but... Yeah. Bob, kind of go through like how it plays. Like you mentioned, they got to win one more if they to beat to Tennessee Mon- yeah, to if- get to, to get to the championship series. No, well, unless it's a no, they have to they're going to have to win Saturday, and then they'd have to win Monday, or the team that would beat them would have to beat them twice Monday back to back. Okay, because but if they win Monday, are they not onto the championship? Then they, they are. are. Okay. Yeah. but they've got to go three and zero during this set to get to the championship. Right. Okay. And if they lose on Saturday, then they would have to play. On Sunday, Sunday, and then and then they'd have to win twice, and then come back Monday. Like this game against Tennessee is so, so huge, and so the like the is there one bracket now is over on the other bracket on the loser side of things. Like is OSU now over on that side? Like how does that? Yeah, OSU is now on the uh, OU and Tennessee side, I believe. Oh, this is we're really going to get in trouble. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't think that's they right. they don't flip anymore. I. I'm pretty sure the losers flip. So if let's say OU beats Tennessee, they will play. No, well, it'll flip after today. Like Stanford's playing Bama. Oh, it doesn't flip after the first game. No, it'll flip after. Okay. Yeah. So whoever wins that game flips over to the other one. So so like Kennedy could have be pitching against Sanders Florida State. Hawk. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So you could have yeah the the loser of Utah and Washington. I think that's good for OU play the because. Girls. I think the best two teams are in, you know, if ten, if they beat Tennessee and then they flip over and they would have to play Florida State if they won out, right? Like if OU beat Tennessee yep. on on Saturday and then... And Florida State keeps winning. And Florida State keeps winning. It's OU, Florida State in the championship. Well, well, what I'm saying is Tennessee, do they stay 
trying to come back to play OU, or do they flip over to the other side of the bracket? And I they thought they the flipped. Team. I okay. thought they would flip over and go. go My head is going to explode. Tennessee, yeah. So if OU beats yes. Tennessee, Tennessee See. would have to play the winner of Utah or the winner of OSU and Utah or Washington, and then. But if OU lost, they would flip over. Yes, and they would have to play the winner of OSU, Utah, Washington, and if they won that. Then they'd have to beat Florida State oh twice. Twice. Oh my god! Yeah, it's there's. That's why, like, on our daily budget of stories, I can't put anything for Sunday or Monday because I don't know it all what based on what playing what what where. happened Saturday. <laughs> yeah, you watch. We're gonna be totally wrong on this too, and we're gonna be just 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 win OU. Just, just, just win. win. It then it, we don't. It doesn't easy. matter. Okay. Win Thursday, Saturday, Monday. I mean, they Wednesday, can't Thursday. publish a bracket if that's the way it is. It's, Correct. So, oh my. Stupid thing is playing. Why are you playing? What's? Oh, it's a video. Stupid auto video. Shut up, ad. Okay. Um, I, I was trying to look at the schedule on NCAA.com, but they got a bunch of autoplay ads on there. Uh, I guess I could just unplug shit. Be smarter. Um, there. So now, I, anyway, my my brain's never going to recover from that discussion. It's there's been just when it gets just really win. it does feel really weird, though, like it is, instead of just having like a set format that you feel like you can follow, it changes day to day. I'm just laughing at the people on the message boards that are just like, oh, you dummies. Yeah, that's definitely what's going on. Just hey, just be happy. We're <laughs> we're there. We're covering it. OK, we're doing special pods for softball. Yes. All right. Stop calling us dummies. We know Subscribe we're dumb. We $1. know we're dummies, all right? And then it, you mentioned the weather. Like, if obviously they'll get this first one in. I don't think anyone's concerned about that. But then what if only Stanford and Bama can get in? And now you're pushing OSU versus the loser of the first game today to Saturday. There's a bunch of rain coming again Saturday. Like it, it's it's going to be strange. Build a dome. Build a dome. Yeah, I, I mean – to me, all the other teams besides Oklahoma, uh, Tennessee, and Florida State, like they're mainly really good hitting teams that just don't have elite pitching. To me, like Utah is here because they hit the shit out of the ball. Stanford's here because they pitch. Because they pitch, yeah, that's true. Twenty-four home runs as a team. I still, I'm blown away by that. I cannot get over it. Did you know? Uh, I had this. It was twenty-four home runs for Stanford as a team. Jennings, <laughs> Haley Lee. <laughs> Uh, Jada Coleman and Kinsey Hansen combined for like 72 home runs yeah. this season. It's like that's Insane. that's triple as I much believe as... Kiki Malloy on Tennessee has 25. Yeah. <laughs> she wow. has more than the Stanford team. And that's why, again, going back to we talked about it earlier, there's only there's only in my mind three teams that say they have the pitching staff and they have the hitting, and that's OU, Florida State, and Tennessee. And ten- Tennessee – I think you're right, Bob. I think it's OU and Tennessee because Tennessee has, I think, two or three pitchers that can that can hang with OU, and then they they put up a lot of runs. And I thought Texas would give them a better run, so they're yeah. Because I mean, I went into the stigma. Baylor beat them twice in Knoxville. Like they can't be that good. But that was a long time ago. They're a much better team, and they they are showing it. All right, um, I think that's gonna do it. Uh, Sooners on Saturday. We'll see what happens. Everybody will be happy. We'll have either a whole lot of shirt sales in SoonerScoopStore.com or uh, we won't. I mean, people have been – I mean, it's been crazy. We're we're actually restocking right now. 
today we get our, our new shirts in. So it's been a couple of days. Some of you guys that have ordered larges haven't gotten yours yet, but we'll, we'll have those shipped out today uh, later on as well. So, uh, but yeah, it's been, it's been fantastic. I think we're, we're approaching 10,000 in Ooh. profits. Um, so I, I definitely think that we'll get there if they win Saturday. Um, if not, well, a half off sale could probably still get us there. So, uh, anyway, uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Soonerscoopstore.com. Go check it. Also, I uh, want to remind you, we're just about done with the new special at On3. You're only going to have until Thursday uh, next week, midnight, and we're shutting it off. So if you want to sign up for Soonerscoop.com, go sign up right now at On3.com. Uh, get that six months for $1 special because it's going away. You're, you're running out of time, uh, and we're not going to have it again probably for a while so go sign up it's a buck folks a dollar like even if we give you half off a subscription which is a promo they're running on the rest of the network right now that's that's 50 bucks like you can get six months for a dollar that's ridiculous if you don't take advantage of that and you listen to the pod uh and you like what we do and you know with george aboard uh with bob you know stepping things up during softball this year We've got recruiting going on, as you know. We, you heard Josh talk about his trips and camps and all that stuff. There's just never a better time for you to sign up. So it's only getting better. A dollar. Just go sign up uh, for at Soonerscoop.com. The link will be right there at the top in a, in a green button. So uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll be back again next week with another edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast on Soonerscoop.com.